Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, thanks for joining us. It's Lori, and I'm here with Charlene, and we are so happy that you are here for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. We say it every time, but we're going to say it again. I know that you're going to be so encouraged by the couple that's joining us today to share part of their story. Luz and Fabian have been dear friends of ours for so many years, and their marriage has been restored after a long stand. Today, we're going to talk about what happens after restoration. We're going to talk about things like how do you forgive? How do you face each day with peace, trusting that the argument you had last night isn't going to lead to another separation? How do you turn your daily desires for true healing in your home over to God each and every day? You're going to love this podcast, and I know it's going to encourage you regardless of the position that you're in right now in restoration. If you are standing for restoration, you're going to be encouraged by hearing what God has done to transform their life. And if you're in the midst of restoration, I know that hearing the good, the bad, and the ugly from them is going to help you as you're journeying through your marriage. I also want to tell you about two other resources that we have in addition to today's podcast. We've sat down with Luz and Fabian a couple of other times, and they've shared their extensive testimony with us. The testimony of Fabian almost taking his life and of Luz giving up on her stand a couple of times because she thought there was no hope. You can find these stories in the two audio teachings. The one from Fabian is called He Came Home. Fabian shares from his heart. And the one that contains their testimony together is called Rebuilding After Marriage Restoration, Luz and Fabian's Restoration Story. So after you've heard today's podcast, if you want to hear more of their story, we'll include a link in the show notes, but you can go pick up an MP3 or a CD of those teachings, and I know that they will be an encouragement as well. Well, enjoy this podcast. We're excited to share a couple of guests with you today. And some of you, if you've been around Rejoice for quite some time, these names are going to be familiar to you. But it's Luz and Fabian, and we're so happy that they're with us to share some of their story. I'll give you a little backstory on them as to the day they met. Fabian was working in a restaurant, and my mom was there with a person who had a restored marriage, and she had her Bible out. And he commented on the fact she had her Bible out, and then they started talking, and he shared that he also had a restored marriage, to which, of course, they got excited. And then he shared, and they discovered that they both attended the same church. And so it's amazing what a small testimony, a small act of of praying in a restaurant or having a Bible open, what it can do to lead to relationships, because that little conversation has led to a many-year-long relationship with good friends of ours. So we're happy to have Luz and Fabian with us today on the podcast. We're happy to be here, Lori. Thank you. Yes, we are. And uh, I'm just going to do a quick note on, on, on the meeting with, with Charlene and at the restaurant. And and it was just uh, amazing that uh, the, she had been praying for my wife and for me for years, but I gave her my name, and, and she was not able to put the, my name and, and Luz together until we met at church. But that was just a little uh, blessing that God had for her because 
when she saw Luz and I walking down, uh, she just could, she was so excited. It was just an amazing moment. And, uh, to God be the glory how he puts everything together and, and how he just orchestrates everything. And he, all he ever asks of us is that we surrender to, to his will. It, it really is that simple. And, uh, I'll take this opportunity to just, you know, for those of you who are, that have never heard of our story, our story is simple. Luz and I met when she was 14 and I was 16. We got married. We had children. Um, I worked out on my wife with five kids and, uh, was away for more, over 10 years and, um, and I was a prodigal and I was a sinner and I, the world and Satan had a hold of me and then God had all the plans for us and, and God orchestrated me back home and brought me back home and after over a decade and now we're coming up to 10 years of restore marriage of, of a miracle that, um, I can tell you it can happen to any of you and, and it's possible. And those of you out there who are standing, you know, I can encourage you to continue to stand strong. And if there's a prodigal out there, but that is listening to this or someone who just came home, Luz and I will take this opportunity to talk about, uh, the, uh, difficulties of, um, of restoration and, and, and what, you know, how it, it could be so easy to think that once they're back, once we're back, that everything is going to be perfect. And then the devil, um, will start to mess with all of us and, you know, we'll start to put <clears throat> difficulties in front of us and hurdles to, to, to be jumped in. It requires uh, a lot of work to keep it together, but it's worth it. It definitely is worth it. I know, Mom, that that day when you saw them at church coming your way and you put two and two together that the lose that Fabian was restored to was the lose that you knew and had been praying for, and right in front of you was that prodigal and, and the standard who you had prayed for for so many years. How did that feel? I can tell you that I'll never forget that time when they we met together with I was standing in the the lobby and in the front of our bookstore at church waiting for him to walk in with his wife and never expecting who it might be uh, that it would be one I would know lose and and when I saw that, I felt like I had the hallelujah chorus playing in my ears of seeing two people that God orchestrated and brought back together again and that we and our ministry were part of it. And as Luz, um, we were very close with her. We knew her when she was bringing in her children in the strollers in the church with Bob and I. And so we knew each other as, and praying for her. And it was just to see a restored marriage in that way in a church, it just felt like as God was saying, I can restore and rebuild anything. Nothing is too hard for me. No circumstance in either one of the husband or wife's issues or problems that they've had before or during the marriage God can restore it and rebuild it on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And just seeing that in, in real life is, was so uh, exhilarating. And we, I, was, I was just praising the Lord, jumping up and down, I think, in, in, the, in the lobby, 
because it thrilled me that it was Luz who we knew so well. So I want to encourage you. You are going to be a lighthouse for whomever God puts you in, in your pathway. At your church, you may be a very unusual person that you're standing and waiting for your husband or wife, but never doubt that when your spouse walks back into that church, as Bob walked back into our church, that then people will come up and say, I've been praying for you. And never doubt that if we share what we're doing and believing for a miracle in marriage restoration, there are people that are going to be praying for you that you may never know. And and right. that's what we want to believe, that prayer is a, a vital key in marriage restoration. Fabian, what did it feel like to you? Because um, I know that you were what the world could have seen as a lost cause. Like it could have seemed hopeless that your marriage would be restored. And God had a plan for you. So what did it mean to you to hear that while you were off living this other life, that there was people praying for you? I can answer that question by um, by telling you that it's not just then. It's even now uh, that every single day that I look back at understanding what prayer does and, and seeing God's hand in everything that we do, um, as, as Charlene was sharing and saying how she felt about the rejoicing uh, and, and the angels singing, uh, Luke 15:7 tells you that that uh, on the Lord, the, the uh, parable of the lost sheep is that you know there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons. So <laughs> it, it's 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 a wonderful feeling to know that. That there's so many people that that prayed for me, and and when I think of of what God did that day at that restaurant, it, it was not coincidence because in the process, Charlene was uh, pivotal. It was a key for the process that Luz and I were about to to um, to enter, which was restoration. Yeah. So when right. we come home, um, it's it's beautiful for a day or a week, and then just as when you get married, uh, it's all over again. It starts all over again, and it requires work, and, and it requires forgiveness, and it requires intentionality, and it requires prayer. And but uh, the uh, the results and, and the benefits of 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 surrendering to that are just marvelous. Let's talk about that a little deeper. Luz, your husband comes home, and you're finally getting the thing that you had prayed for for so many years, and you're going to start over. Now we're starting new. We're remarried, and, and here's to the rest of our life together. And how did things look after restoration? And what what did your life look like, and how did things differ from maybe – the years that you were um, leading up to your separation and divorce? Well, um, as you said, Lori, I rejoiced tremendously when Faven came home and up to that restoration, um, the weeks leading up to our, our, our marriage, our remarriage. Um, 
But it certainly was not what I thought it would be. I thought, uh, in my ignorance, that it was going to be a honeymoon every single day and that um, the sand would end there. Um, to my surprise, um, and truly not surprised, because Charlene always reminded me um, that the sand continues and um, it actually becomes more fervent once the self is home. Um, because they come back with all their work. Um, in the process of all those years, me by myself, um, quote, unquote, because I truly wasn't, I detoured, um, uh, as you know, um, two other relationships, two other marriages. I had um, created um, bad habits. I was not practicing good habits um, as far as a wife um, a good wife, a godly wife is, is concerned. And so Fabian um, and myself, we both started from scratch. We both took on every day, um, not at the very beginning because we learned. After there was a lot of fighting, there was a lot of, well, I don't do it that way. Well, I don't do it that way. Um, it's not done like it. There was just so much um, back and forth um, that, it took, like Fabian said, surrendering um, on a daily basis to the Lord and asking God to just mold us, to be that clay and just crush us and remold us for me to be the wife that God wants me to be and for Fabian to be the husband. Um, and it is a process. It wasn't overnight. Um, and there certainly has to be a willingness, a daily willingness. Um, and I quote Charlene again, we have to forgive every single day. Um, but to God be the glory, it works. Uh, David and I are coming up on, uh, we're just shy of 11 years um, married again. And um, that is why we're doing this podcast today because uh, Isaiah 12, verse 4, talks about give thanks to the Lord and make known among the, the nations what he has done. That is why I worship today, Lori. That is why I, I thank God today um, from the very moment I opened my eyes because what happened in my home, in, in my marriage, was a miracle. It truly was a miracle. Um, and God continues to polish us um, today and 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 we are it's still a work in process. We never stop standing. We never stop calling out to God. He is the cement. He is the secret. Once a stander, always a stander. Like you can't just get remarried and think that you've reached the finish line and you can let up on thinking the enemy is not going to try to attack your marriage again. And I think that the most important, um, as I, as we open up with this with restored marriage, I want to just read 1 Corinthians 13 because we need to understand that we need to love each other unconditionally. And God's love is, is really, it, he says it so beautifully in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it says, and this is what both the husband and wife are supposed to do separately. So that when you get together, you mend together and you work together, even on different difficult subjects, difficult issues, difficult decisions about children, if they're little or they're in school or in graduating, um, that love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. 
It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, and that is what I had to learn because I would remind my dear Bob all of the things he did in the past, and and that wasn't forgiveness, as, as Fabian said. So we need to really concentrate on 1 Corinthians 13 to understand, are we doing this now while we're waiting? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices. I'll just let me go back. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. And that is, I want to say to everybody, I believe that as strongly now as I did at the very beginning when I started standing, because we have to have that love, the love of Jesus in our hearts, to live that out while they're gone and then when they come back, as Luz comes, agrees, when you come back, I was living alone, and I was doing everything my way, and then Bob was living alone and and um, doing other things that were not good, but he was doing it his way. So we came back suddenly, and we had to both seek the Lord, and, and Bob didn't come back saying, you know, God spoke to him and he said go home today that makes a huge thing that we have to take one moment at a time in our marriage and not make it and work together to wanting to make this marriage to be what god wants it to be and he wants it right. to be good and awesome right all three of you have talked about um for, have talked about forgiveness and mentioned um, how difficult it can be sometimes to forgive. And that's something that people ask us about often. So, um, Loser Fabian, I don't know which one of you want to take the question, or maybe both of you could weigh in. But once you're restored, how do you forgive the past and move forward? How do you not worry that, that your spouse is going to leave? Or how do you not worry when there's been an argument and thinking, uh-oh, this means the end again? How do you move forward forgiving the past? For me, it's very simple. It's, it's trusting the Lord, casting my care daily on God, and knowing that um, the Lord is faithful. And um, as long as I know that I am coming before God every day, giving him my marriage every day, um, knowing that I am doing the best that I know to do, um, I trust God. I trust God that if he fulfills his promise, that he will continue. And um, it, it's a trust. It, it's certainly all to do with trust daily. I'll say that there is a, I don't know if you want to call it the, how the spirit works within us. And you're still human. So, therefore, you're still going to have those moments of, of on trust, and you're still going to have those moments of of wondering, and then you're also going to still have those moments of unforgiveness, and right. in your heart, um, you, you you feel it, and in your mind, you you process it, and it, you know you can always justify, you know, lashing out and reminding the other person of their sin, but the key is. Because we all have a, a sin, no matter what it is, 
some of some 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 are obviously more helpful than others, but within we all have sin. So to me, it works as when I look at my wife and I and I and I get mad internally for whatever. From it could be from something dumb to something huge to something really important. I remind myself of how much I have been forgiven for, and that appeases me and gives me the strength to understand that I must forgive. Now, you will never forget because you're human. And as a human being, you know, you cannot just erase it, but but you can control it. And once you learn that bringing it up again, wanting to talk about it again, um, can only hurt you, you'll learn to not talk about it, and internally uh, heal so that one day you can just, you know, when, it, when the, the enemy uses it, you can just, you know, just look at it and know that it's not bothering you anymore, if that makes yeah. any sense. It's, it's, it's yeah. simple. It's, it's, it's a process of, of okay, it's an intentional decision that you must make that you uh, have forgiven the other person and that you're going to move forward with with that person for life. And, and it's a commitment, and it is yeah. a, a <laughs> every day, 24-7, you have to make sure that you're understanding that when you hurt the other individual, you're hurting yourself. And the fruits and the beauty of forgiveness and, and the, the beauty of forgiving, truly forgiving, you are the true beneficiary of it because you are the one that's feeling the relief and not feeling the pain anymore. So yeah. it's a process. It's, it's a it's a slow process, but you, you you can absolutely get to the point where you know it won't hurt you anymore. Scott and I, my husband and I, made this declaration when we got married because of what my parents had been through. That divorce was not an option. So we knew going in that you know. One of us could be capable of having an affair. One of us could be capable of of things that would cause us to want to leave our marriage. But we said early on that that was not an out. And that's the same thing my parents said after their remarriage. You know, we're not going back down this road. So we are stuck with each other, and we've got to figure out how to move forward. And is that the same resolve you have in your marriage after restoration, that we're not going backwards, so we've got to figure out how to work together to go forward? It is, and I'm going to let my wife uh, uh, step in on this, but personally, for me, it's come to a point where entertainment of, of divorce or entertainment of, of, of anything that will hurt the marriage is, is not, it's not feasible. We, you just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think about it anymore. I know in my heart uh, that I am married for life, and I will do anything and everything I need to do to salvage my marriage. Amen. Let me share a scripture, uh, Luz, before you speak. It says in Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. He was saying, 
you need to keep forgiving over and over and over again. And that's what the Lord showed me was that I did not forgive Bob. I thought I did, but when soon as he did something, I pulled up the garbage out of the garbage can and started saying, you did this, you did that. And I had never really forgiven to choose to forget and and, for, and trust the Lord to do the changing and and not keep reminding Bob that I had that to throw at him all the time. And um, that is so important for all of us, especially when we're going back and starting on marriage restoration, that we don't bring up the past. We go and look forward to what the Lord wants us to do, and he wants us to look forward at him and not at the junk in the past of the mistakes that we both made in our marriage. Yes, Charlene, that is that is so true. Um, I'm reminded that we are to bear fruit. That has helped me a lot, bearing the fruit, that, uh, the compassion, the kindness, the humility, um, the all of that daily. Um, we're also what helps me is to remember that we are not doing this for ourselves. It has nothing to do with us. This has everything to do with the Lord. We are living a legacy. This is to God be the glory. Uh, God just loved us so much and, and looked at David and I and said, I am going to glorify myself with this couple. And and that keeps me humble when I think of when I think of it that way. Um I know that the Lord continues to use us um, to give other hurting couples hope. Um, um, I know one of the biggest uh, passions in my heart, as Lori said earlier, is that we know moving, Favorite and, and myself have made that clear, that no matter what, uh, I like how you said it, Lori, we are stuck with each other. Um, we, have, we have our children that are, are watching, they're adults now, um, and they know that there is just no turning back. That Fabian and myself um, firmly believe in marriage covenant, that there is just no divorce, and um, um, somebody has to, uh, as Fabian has said many times before, just cut the chains with, with divorce. It is done. It is burned. Yeah. Uh, it is severed in my family, in the Gomez family, and, um, and the Lord gets the glory for that. I believe, and when, David and I, when we pray, when we do our devotionals in the morning, um, we re- we remind each other that that we're not alone. E- even though sometimes right. everyone has some rough little patches, little bumps, but we're not alone. Um, that's why devotion time is so important for me because it brings us back to the Lord. It brings us back to perspective. God, you are here and if you are not here, we cannot take another step. Um, we're right. everything with him and nothing without him. You just mentioned your kids and talk a little yes. bit about the impact um, that that you this has had on your children, both the um, divorce and life after restoration, because while it's just the husband and wife going through restoration, it's actually an entire family going through it. So how how has this impacted the kids um, both before and after? Well, uh, I'll speak for myself in this story. Uh, before, it, I hurt my children tremendously. There is, there's no other way of, of putting that. I hurt my, they're, they're, my children watch their mother become um, 
promiscuous because uh, I, I, I was standing for a few months and then I wasn't standing and then I was doing things that I should not have been doing and that hurt my children. Um, and that is uh, something that I, 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 I try daily to, to repair. Um, I know that I'm forgiven for that. Um, we have the, the blood of Christ, um, but I want to exemplify Christ. I want to be that everything that I do and say, that my children see Christ in me. But they say, okay, mom is not perfect, because I am far from being perfect, but that they know that I have Jesus in me, and I just want to please him. I want to please because I know that if I please the Lord, the Lord in turn will grant me the mercy that I need daily to be a mom, to be a wife, um, the Holy Spirit. Also, I depend on him tremendously um, to open my mouth, to zip my lips. That still stands. Zipping lips is, is, a, daily, <laughs> is a daily thing in our home. Um, and for my children today, I believe in their heart that they don't voice it, um, but I believe in their heart that they are they're proud of their parents, that their yeah. parents chose to stick it out and to do the right thing. And even after restoration, I'm going to tell you that they have the two that were still home. They heard the fight after restoration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. heard the fight, and I'm sure, like you said, Story that they probably said, uh oh, well, today's the day. Somebody's leaving. Dad's yeah. leaving. Um, but they've seen the difference. They have seen, and they, but they also saw us pray and make up. They also saw right. us say, I'm sorry. Sometimes with tears, I'm sorry. That was yeah. wrong. Um, and, and, and who are we satisfying here? The devil. And I refuse right. to give the devil another inch, another moment, another nothing in my life. I, I like Charlene said, I punched the devil. Give him a black eye because he took yeah. too much of my life and too much of my children's life. And now it's moving forward with the Lord. And as the word says, he, he orders our steps and he has a hope in the future for David and myself and our children and future generations yeah. with the grandkids. Yes. Fabian, what was your opinion about the impact on the children when you came home and, and even now? What do you think about that? You know, obviously, when I came home, uh, the beginning was rough. Uh, the older children um, um, had had very little of me, uh, and the two that were home, like Lou said, had had uh, they were ten and eleven, had had a, a you know a, a eleven years of of no dad, and, and just just. Uh, and back then it was it was very difficult uh, uh to 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 be a father to be to be the father figure uh but slowly you know not with any merit to me all to god and, and to what he does in our hearts and changes us uh, i've earned uh their love and their respect in a way that i never imagined possible i never imagined that uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, about the last year and the challenges of, of my health last year, that that would show me what coming home had done to Fabian, whom is my oldest. And my relationship with my children today is, it blesses me every day. And, uh, it, they're, they are so blessed 
they don't see it yet. They don't, they probably do not. Maybe 10 years from now, 20 years from now, they'll, they'll look back and say, oh wow, what an impact mom and dad had. And they, they do things today, uh, differently and they have certain security and, and certain stability in their heart and their mind. They might not recognize it, but all because, you know, they've seen a home, uh, for the last 10 years, a real home, mom and dad, and, and they're able to come home and feel that that's their home. In, in, incredible. I mean, the, the impact that it has in them is everlasting and it'll impact their children and it, it'll impact, uh, their, you know, uh, their grandchildren. That's, that's so true because generations are going to be impacted by the choices that we make today. And I know if you're listening to this and it feels like there's no hope or I've not heard from my spouse in so many years, or I don't know where my spouse is, or my spouse has remarried somebody else, whatever the situation is, nothing is too big for God, first of all, because Lou's faced many of those situations, actually, in her own stand. But also, what you're doing today is not just about a remarriage for you and your spouse, but it is about future generations. They've got five children who now have seen what God has done in their marriage. And now when they're married and when they have an argument or when they face struggles, because we will face struggles in marriage. We're two sinners coming together. It's never going to be perfect. But they can look back at the example of their parents, of what they've gone through. And that's such a testimony. If you are like me, you probably like to have as many things in your life automated as possible. Nowadays, we can automate so many things from telling our vacuum when to clean the house while we're at work to automating the oven to turn on to cook our dinner. Well, one of the things that people have enjoyed is our family challenge. It is an automated donation that you can make every month to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. When you sign up for the Family Challenge, you can pick your predetermined donation amount and on the first or 15th day of each month, depending on the date that you choose, until you tell us to stop, you will make a monthly contribution to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. You can visit www.rejoiceministries.org and click on Donate to find out more about the monthly Family Challenge. Well, let's talk about struggles also while we're on the topic of struggles and the impact that they have on your kids. And the past year has definitely um, let your family go through several struggles. And so do you want to share a little bit about what you guys have been through and maybe how it strengthened your family in the process? Last September, last week of September, I I got uh, infected with COVID. Flat out at home for 10 days, ended up in the hospital. Um, I was 30 days in ICU. Um, I was seconds away from dying twice. Um, and um, during those 30 days, um, I was not able to see my children or my wife. I was only able to communicate with them uh, via phone. I woke up one day um, with the equipment making all kind of noises and six nurses rushing into the room and doctors and 
all I kept hearing in the background was, um, we need to tube him, we need to tube him. And uh, the nurses, one of them was holding my hand and the other one was holding my other hand, and all I could hear was breathe, breathe. I couldn't breathe, and my oxygen levels went down. I was dying. And uh, there was so much chaos in the room, and all of a sudden I felt a hand in my back. And I am certain in my heart that that was the hand of Jesus. Because at that point, everything became quiet and silent and peaceful. And I learned at a later time that they called my wife and they told her, ma'am, all you can do is pray because we're losing him. And being in a hospital for 30 days, laying on a bed, watching the time go by, not knowing what's next, fighting this terrible disease, thinking you're going to die, but yet knowing that if you die, you're going to be in a good place because you, you know where you're going. You have the peace in your heart that you're going to be with the Lord, and you're okay with it. And I say all that to say because I learned, as I hear my wife talk about this, and we talked about it when I came home, she had it worse than what I did. She went through a more difficult time than what I did, being home, and she'll talk about it in a second, being home and not knowing, and every single day just praying that the Lord will have his will in my life. But coming home... And having my wife uh, bathe me for a whole week and feed me because I couldn't even stand on my own feet. And knowing that I had caused her so much pain for so many years, and yet God had turned her heart to a point where she can care for me with so much love and so so much devotion. It is beyond, it's impossible to describe, because all that did was, it reminded me of how God can heal our hearts, and how God can make us new, and how God can turn our hearts around, and for prodigals, and send us out there, you know, if God can change my wife's heart towards me after walking out on her with five children, of which one was two weeks old and the other one was a year old, and having her go through so much pain for so many years and not assuming the responsibility of of a dad or, or in any way, shape, or form, and allowing her to forgive me and yet putting her through the trial of not having to care for me, not knowing if I was able to walk again, not knowing if I was going to die, not knowing if I was going to be okay. I came home with oxygen 24-7. We didn't even know if I was able, to, if I was going to be able to go back to work. But in all of that, what it did in my heart was that it just softened my heart in a way that, you know, I looked at my wife and I am so grateful that I came home. I am so grateful that 
uh, by God, that I allowed God to touch my heart and, and, and to bring this prodigal home. I, I don't want to take too much time talking about this. Fabian uh, would come in every day into the home and, and, and feed me lunch and, and care for me. And this is a young man whose who's dad walked out on him when he was four, came back and left and came back and left and and when he was 12 or 13, you know, I, I left, and, and I came back when he was 20. I mean, I was never in his life. And yet God has softened his heart and touched his heart to care for me and love me the way he has. Those were gifts to me. Mm. But despite all yeah. the pain and suffering I went through, God was giving me a gift that it was a reminder that surrendering to him is the best thing I've ever done. Absolutely. Let me when you're speaking that baby and it reminded me of the um passage in Psalm one sixteen that's written by King David and it says, I love the Lord, starting in verse one, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. And that's exactly what you guys have seen lived out through your story, that when it seemed like death was coming to your marriage and there was no hope and it was over, that God um, had compassion on both of you and there was restoration. And even through Fabian's health journey now recently, when it seemed like maybe God was calling you home, he said, nope, not yet. And he had compassion on you to live another day. And now you get to see your obedience and the fruits of your obedience in the lives of your kids with those relationships being restored. What does that meant to you, Luz? I could only praise God, Lori. Um, what does it do to me? There, this is why I worship. This is why I, I, um, I seek the Lord and I just walk through my house and, and thank him and thank him for the miracle that faith is even alive. Um, because it is a miracle because I know very well that, um, as Satan mentioned, there came a time, there came a morning when uh, the doctor called me. I was sitting in my office and, and the doctor said, Mrs. Gomez, I'm calling to tell you that you need to pray because there is nothing else that we can do. We are just waiting and watching his numbers, um, the oxygen, and she explained a few things that they had done to him. And so that, uh, I became frantic um, in that moment. I, I became frantic because it's scary when a doctor calls you and tells you you need to pray. <laughs> uh, my first inclination was, well, can't you do something? Um, and at that point, I knew that, um, I had to, I had to literally get on my knees and, and pray. I, I drove home that afternoon. I left the office. I drove home and I came home and I truly, I didn't know where to start. Um, because I, I, it was a bad dream. That's what it felt like. I, I, I got on my knees and I just cried out to the Lord. There was nothing eloquent about it. I was a mess. I was distraught. I got on my knees and the Lord reminded me. He reminded me in those moments that um, there were some areas of, of, of my heart that, that needed uh, to be fixed. 
that needed repair. And one of the things that he showed me was um, my mouth, which Charlene was talking about, my mouth. Um, uh, in the almost 11 years of, of restoration, I wish I could tell you that, oh, I blessed my husband tremendously daily. I, I blessed him and blessed him, but that's not necessarily the case. There were days that we had our uh, consultations, our um, very strong fellowship, <laughs> and um, I may not have – well, I did verbalize it. I, I would many times with my mouth say not very nice things, and there is power in the, in the words. There is power in our tongue, and I cursed Fabian um, with not a few choice things that were not very nice. And the Lord reminded me, do you remember that day? Do you remember that quarrel? Do you remember what came out of your mouth? Well, this is what you are reaping now. And I knew that that it was true. It, it hit my heart. And so right there and then, I repented. I said, God, forgive me. I will never curse my husband like that. I will never. Forgive me and heal my husband, God. Heal him. I know that it cannot be over. Um, our story cannot be finished. But I also prayed, Lori, no reality, God, but I can't tell you what to do. Have your way and save his life. Thank you that you gave him, you brought him home, and, and you will always take the glory for the past 10 years. But, Lord, if it's not that time, then please heal him and bring him home. Do it again, Lord. I know you can. Um, so I learned a tremendous lesson that my complaining has improved, and, and complaining means mental complaining, means mental grumbling, means rolling your eyes. When your husband says something, and I would not say anything, I mastered that, but I will roll my eyes, and, and who am I fooling? God knew. Um, and so I've learned to give it to God, say, Lord, I don't understand what's happening, but I give it to you. Turn this around, God. Just That has become one of my favorite prayers. Turn this around, Lord. I will... I bless my husband. I will bless my husband. Um, and I'm grateful. Every day I am a grateful. Uh, and Satan can attest that in, uh, in our daily devotion. I'll go back to that. Uh, I, I, I thank God. I said, Lord, and, and thank you because my husband woke up because his lungs are full of oxygen that you feel daily. I don't take anything for granted anymore um, health-wise that I used to. Um, it's Fabian's illness, Lori and Charlene, has changed my life. I know it changed his life, but it has certainly, when people ask me, how are you doing today? It's just, and before I would say, oh, I'm good, praising God, God is good. But, you know, I was kind of blurting it out. I meant it, but I was blurting it out. Yeah. Now when people ask me, how are you doing? I am doing great. No one is an ICU. <laughs> my husband woke up this morning. He's feeling great. And we prayed this morning. I cannot be better. <laughs> um, yeah. And I knew that. <laughs> and I think that, uh, to you know, for those of you who are listening, um, <laughs> you know, Lou's being mad and, and screaming and yelling and doing everything. She, she was just, you know, being a human being who had been hurt tremendously. And, and I can tell you that, um, you know, it, it goes away. The, the screaming goes away. As you, as you enter more into the Lord and, and enter more into fellowship with the Lord and pray with your spouse every single day and do daily devotionals and, and do all the things that the, that the Bible will ask you to do, uh, on on Matthew, uh, 
22:25, Jesus talks about how every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Guys out there, you will only stand if you're together, if you become one. And it's possible, it's possible to forgive all that the other person has done. It's possible to forgive yourself for what you have done so that, so that you, you know, so that you can forgive the other person. And, 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 you know, there's always one more than the other and, you know, but we're all sinners and we all make mistakes and, and we all have moments of anger. But through all of that comes a day now, 10, 11 years later, where um, there's peace in our home. There's a peace that even my children will never believe that one day would be possible. But now they see it and they walk into our home and they see the the peace and the love of the Lord, not us, of the Lord, because that is what gets us together. That's the bond. That's that's what holds it all together. If if you if you try to do it without Him, you're going to fail. If you think right. you're going to come home and you're going to do this without God, you're going to fail. You need you need God and you need to truly surrender to Him so that you can surrender to your spouse. So it, it's a 100% of you, not 50-50. And, and I've said this in, in, in audio before in one of the CDs out there, the benefits of you giving 100%, what you rip, is far, far beyond your imagination of love, of intimacy, of, of respect, of, of things that you dream of but that are only possible when you surrender. Luz, can you talk a little bit about the importance of church and attending church and how the body of Christ supported you when your husband was gone, but then also through your restoration? Lori, it's, it's so important um, that you that you are in a, in, a, in, in church where you worship. Um, and to bring your children, um, it's important for so many reasons. The first one is because when you're in church, um, you're defeating the devil. Um, you are worshiping, which is what we're called to do. And when we're in church, it's very hard to have negative, at least for me it was, to have negative thoughts because I was being fed, feed your spirit. I was being fed hope and love. Um, and you're also instilling this in your children that though they may see you weep the day before, what the word says that there's joy in the morning. And so, yes, we are getting up and we are going to church. I am believing for my miracle. Never stop believing for your miracle. God is always working, and I find that he works his best when things just look so gloomy, and, and he does it because he's God, because what we think is best, it's sometimes, most of the time for me at least, it, it's not. God will glorify himself, and I know uh, that scripture, as I said just a few minutes ago, that when things look like nothing is happening, the Lord is working. The Lord is working, and Proclaim it as you're going to church and, and, and listen to the, the, the word that your pastor may be bringing. Proclaim that God is working. Though I see nothing, the Lord is working. And why? Because he's a faithful God. It's also so important. We talk all the time about how even if your spouse isn't home yet, 
your testimony of what you're doing is a testimony to your church family. So they can see the glory of God when, when God's answered the prayer, just like you probably had your church family praying for Fabian when he was in the hospital. They got to see that miracle when he came out of the hospital healed and restored. Yes, absolutely. Um, Fabian says it all the time. He's a walking miracle. He's a walking miracle because the Lord pulled him right out of the pit, uh, pulled him out, pulled me out out of the pits of hell where we were, um, and then uh, with his health. I never dreamed that we would be going through this. Um, right. God showed me. God, the, the same God that heals our emotional issues, marriage issues, it's the same God who heals our, our health, any health issues. I don't know where I would be without uh, attending church, and I, I think that we need to keep uh, saying to you is don't live in loneliness and don't stay home. Uh, we've had the COVID. Your states are opening up now, and, and I encourage you to go back to church. When I go to church now, it just feels like a huge celebration going back and being with the people and worshiping the Lord. And uh, I think you would uh, be encouraged also. Do not be um, defeated by going to church alone because you are an example and a witness for marriage restoration every day, regardless of your circumstances. Amen. Yes. Let me ask you a question. When you um, first came home, Fabian, I know that you did not yet have a personal relationship with the Lord. And now, so many years later, you both are at the point where you're able to pray together and to spend time in the Word together. Would you, what would you suggest, either one of you, to a person who's maybe in a restored marriage, but their spouse is not willing to pray with them yet, or they don't do devotions together? Um, they may not even be able to talk about things of the Lord together. What, would you suggest that, uh, that one of the spouses try to insert that into their daily life, or what would you say to that person? I believe that, uh, and I have tremendous testimony of of, of, of a thousand things that, that how through lose God has taught me to um, to come to him. But if, 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 if when I came home, I was... I was not totally surrendered. I was not with the Lord. I was not, you know, I would go to church, but it was, it was, it was a small process of getting, of getting to have a relationship with the Lord. But for the spouse that is, that is praying, if, if I was in their shoes, what I would do is that I would never stop praying in the morning, at night, and I would never stop opening the book of the, of the Lord, and I would never, um, Stop believing that God can help my spouse and bring him and bring him and bring him uh, to the Word. He's a miraculous God, and if you pray earnestly and intentionally, I would encourage you to just pray intentionally towards your spouse and, and ask God to touch his heart. The Word says that God draws near him who him chooses to draw near him. That God can turn the heart around. You have to believe in that. You have to believe that God can do that, that God can tap their shoulder and slowly, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you stand, it's like Charlene said, uh, you never stop standing. You, you got to keep standing, and, and you have to continue to believe that the Lord will do the work. You're not going to be able to do it. 
you're not going to be able to convince your husband or wife to, to read the word with you. But if you pray intentionally and you bring that prayer to the Lord every single day and with your actions and your words you show Jesus, that miracle will happen. I, I believe that in my heart. It's how I came to yeah. the Lord by by seeing Lou's tithe and and pray and, and and you know, be so so faithful. Yes. That's good. It's excellent. And you know, when I think of you talking about how Lou took care of you after you came home, it reminded me of when Bob um had his first stroke at forty nine and um, the times he was in the hospital and uh, he would come home and I would have to care for him. The word I would say is, that is love. That is Jesus in us showing the love of Jesus to our husbands, to our children, is what would Jesus do? And he is saying, love those, love our family members, love others, and do unto others as you would have them do to you. And that is really... Um, it, it shows how much love you have for them in the darkest times of their lives. And, um, and that's what often we forget to radiate that. But when you want to have your marriage and be an example to your children and have your children then end up doing like Fabian Jr. did, come and help also, that is love that's been radiating and is glowing upon your house. With God's love. Well, as we're wrapping up today, um, is there anything else that you would want to share with a person who is praying for restoration and feeling discouraged, but also a person who may be in a restored marriage or even have an in-home prodigal and that they're just feeling overwhelmed because it's not the happy fairy tale that they expected after their spouse came home? You know... Joshua one nine comes to mind. Uh, be strong and courageous and do not be terrified and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know what that means? It means that, you know, you, you will not accomplish bringing your husband back or, or, or your, or your, uh, wife back. You know, that is God who can do that. And, you will do it by standing and praying and very intentionally uh, letting God know where your heart's at. And prodigals do come home. Um, I, Eleven years ago, twelve years ago, I was I was going to take my life, and and the Lord had different plans, and uh, He changed my life. He touched my heart. And it was my daughter, my mother-in-law, uh, Rejoice Ministries, whom I pray for every single day. It was uh, my wife. It was millions of people out there who were praying for me to come home and forgot to touch my heart. And um, it, 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 it happened. God touched my heart, and I came home. And if you are home... It's going to get better, but it only gets better if you surrender and if you let let God be God and don't try to take control of anything. Leave the control to God, and when you do, things get easier. Um, God is in control. His timing is always perfect. 
his timing is always perfect. And in, in due time, if, if it's his will, he will restore your marriage. Your prodigal will come home. Um, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting God. Uh, read Joshua 1, nine and remember that whatever you go, God will be with you. Um, lose an eye uh, every single morning. Uh, we have coffee together. And uh, we do a devotional together. And we pray. We pray for all the prodigals. And we pray for all the standards of the world. And we give God the glory for the miracle of restoration. It is the most beautiful thing. It is the most beautiful gift that you can give your children and your wife for all the pain you've caused. And, or your husband for all the pain you've caused in abandoning them being out in the world. And the rewards are the most wonderful peace and joy that the Lord can give you when you come home. You have to work at it. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. And the more you get closer to God, the more the enemy is going to want to attack you. But the day will come when you will be in control because you will have given control to the Lord and the Lord will give you control to the Holy Spirit. Once the Spirit lives in you, it's it's um it's a it's a wonderful thing. Um I thank God for changing my heart, I thank God for bringing me home, I thank God for my wife for Charlene and for the ministry. As we're wrapping up, Luz, is there something that you would want to say to a person who's listening today and, and feeling overwhelmed or discouraged or feeling like they've they've gone too far, they've they've blown their cool too many times or their spouse is never going to forgive them? What would you say to encourage that person today? Well, I speak to the ladies, the ones who have their in-home prodigal, to pray every day, um, to be specific. Charlene has taught me to pray specific prayers and to, tr- to trust that God will answer that prayer. To Never forget that we exemplify Christ. That for so many husbands, they'll they'll not they won't listen to a podcast, they won't go to a church, but they see something in us, and that's that's the light of Christ. And so it is so very important that we watch our mouth, that we answer kindly, that we use nice, soft words. Um, I mean, let's face it: what we taught our children when they were two, three, and five, please and thank you. And would you mind and would you kindly, that works wonders. And what I'm trying to say is respect your husband, ladies. That has been something that God and the Holy Spirit has showed me and taught me. Um, and I have seen a tremendous change in my home from respecting my husband, um, from giving him honor, from reminding him, um, encouraging him and letting him know, honey, you, you are the man of, of God in this home and you do hear from God. And so, therefore, what do you think we, we need to do? Do I agree always? No. What do I do? I go to my prayer closet, whether that be my car or my kitchen sink. God, God and I, we have wonderful conversations when I'm washing coffee mugs. I say, God, you heard him. I did what I was supposed to do. Lord, now you work for me, Holy Spirit. Go into his heart and change his mind. 
I, I, or give me peace about this. Respect is something that has transformed my home and, and, and also for the husbands with their prodigal wives or in home or out. Love your wives. Love your wives and, um, ask God, how am I supposed to love my wife? Teach me. And the Lord will. The Lord will because He cares for us. The Word of God says that, that we are to trust in God in all things, to delight yourself in Him. Whether that be listen to your worship, listen to your podcast, listen to Charlene and, and your podcast, delight yourself in God. Worship Him as you're walking through your house, as you're sweeping. Worship Him. Because so much glory happens in worship. It's happened in my home. I know it's worked for me so much. The hand of God sweeps through my home, sweeps through my husband's mind. Pray specifically for your husband's mind, the thoughts the temptations, and bring every thought captive daily to the obedience of Christ. Father, I thank you, God, for for this ministry, for Charlene, for Lori, and the sound tech people, Father. Thank you, God, that we are able to glorify you today, God, and that we are able to say to God be the glory because, Lord, you did this. You have saved my marriage. You restored my home. You continue to restore my home. You have saved my husband's health, and you have left him to be with us for a whole lot more years. God, I pray for the standards that are standing and believing and praying, and I pray for the wives and the husbands that may have an in-home prodigal. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for strength, and I pray, God, that you speak to them directly to their hearts, and show them and teach them, direct them to the Word. Father, you have a way of polishing us up. Father, you have a way of just distinctly showing us you need to curb this, you need to curb that. You need to go and apologize. So, God, continue to work in our lives. I give you glory for that. God, I I thank you, God, for the homes that may be listening to this right now. God, the ladies, the men. Holy Spirit, just minister directly into their lives. I pray for all the standards that are even thinking of coming home. In the name of Jesus, if you needed a confirmation, allow me to be the confirmation. Go home. Because there's so much blessing when when you are home. You are honoring God. You are making your family happy, your children happy, the future generations happy. But you know what? You are honoring the Lord, my friend. And there is no greater delight than to know that you are pleasing God. So, Father, today in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over all these families, over all the hurting families. And, God, I give you victory. I will not wait until the victory happens. I give you victory now because, Lord, you have taught us that when we pray, you hear us. You hear us when we cry out, when we cry out to you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I give you thanks for all the victories, for all the smiles, God, for all the hope that this podcast is going to bring to so many lives, to so many hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray a blessing over rejoice. And in Jesus' name, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the time that you have given us to proclaim Jesus heal hurting home. Amen. I'm going to pray for all of you out there, Heavenly Father, that just like you touched my heart when I was going to jump in front of that train and take my life, and you decided that you were going to save me and bring me home, that you would touch the heart of those who are out there who are wondering who are lost, who have a void in their life 
that you will touch their heart and that you will turn them around and that you will bring them home for your glory, that you will soften their hearts and soften the hearts of the standers, that you will give the strength to those who stand, that you will give them, that you will provide for them, that you will give them all that they need, God, so that they continue to stand and wait on you and your word and your promises. All your promises, Father, are perfect. I pray that anyone out there who's listening to me who's wondering whether or not he should come home, that he will make up his mind in surrendering and in coming home to their spouse and their children and to their family. Because at the end of the day, nothing that you have out there, friends, people around you, no one will love you or care for you the way your family will. You have a family that's waiting for you. All you need to do is pick up the phone, make that call, and come home. I pray that God will lead you to do that today, and I pray that, if not today, that the seed will be planted and that one day, sooner than later, you will make the right decision, the best decision of your life, to come home and to listen to you, Lord, and to surrender to him. Psalms 91, 14 says, Because he loves me, says the Lord. He's talking to you. All he's asking you is to love him, and then the Lord will rescue him, and he will protect him, and he will acknowledge his name, and he will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. The Lord has delivered me and honored me on deserving of it in ways that are beautiful. With long life, and I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You want to see your salvation. May God lead you to come home. May God bless you. May God bless this ministry. And may God continue just to give strength and, and provide for this ministry that continues to put standards and prodigals together. Thank you for your time. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. We are honored and thrilled that you uh, shared today. And, wow, what you guys have shared is going to touch so many people. And to God be the glory, that is what these podcasts are for, is to encourage you to never give up and to not look at your circumstances, but just keep standing firm and looking to the Lord, and he will take you through every circumstance. He's going to hold your hand. And Joshua 1 is one of my favorite scriptures. And so be encouraged and do not let the enemy allow uh, to defeat you with any of his lies. But just keep standing and praying and believing that someday you're going to be able to share your testimony to someone, to some maybe at your church or your uh, Sunday school class or to other people at work to give encouragement that God can heal and restore any hurting or dead marriage. It doesn't matter. God is able to do anything. Thank you, Luz. Thank you, Fabian. We love you both. We love you, Charlene and Lori. Rejoice. Thank you. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.